Welcome to the show, Beauty is More Than Skin Deep, with your host, Dana Renee. In many cultures, the phrase, beauty is only skin deep, relates to a person's intellectual, emotional, and spiritual qualities. However, what most people are exposed to first is the physical beauty of a person, place, or thing. Today's topic is a labor of love and law. Some individuals are driven by their desire to earn a big paycheck. Then there are those who are simply driven to help others. Our guest today helps others through a labor of law and love. It has been said that if you do what you love, then the money will follow. Sharon James is our guest, and she has a Bachelor of Science degree in Economics from Florida A&M University, a Master of Public Administration from Maxwell School of Citizenship and Public Affairs at Syracuse University, a Juris Doctorate from the University of Florida Eleven College of Law, and an Advanced Project Management Certification from Stanford University. She is a partner with Berger Singerman LLP on its government and regulatory team. She has nearly two decades of experience providing forward-thinking, strategic, and regulatory advice to clients on a number of business and economic matters. Sharon is a prolific writer and speaker advocating for diversity and inclusion in the fields of law and insurance. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you. Glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks for being my guest today. Yes. So, <laughs> we're going to dive right into the questions. Please tell our listeners just a little bit about your journey to becoming a voice for diversity and inclusion in the fields of law and insurance. Well, it's it's been a pretty long journey for me. Um, mm-hmm. My journey in uh, diversity and, inclu- and inclusion actually started many years ago, um, actually when I was I'm still attempting to find myself and figure out what I wanted to do with my life. But one of the things I noticed um, early on was when I would look to my left and look to my right in different um, academic environments, um, I was either the only African-American female uh, or Mm -hmm. one of only a handful. And so Mm -hmm. I knew early on that, that that was an issue for me. And that mm-hmm. if I ever had an opportunity to, um, quote, unquote, quote, make it, that I would make sure that um, in any environment that I worked in, that I opened the door um, for others that looked like me and provided opportunities mm-hmm. for women and people of color. So that, like I said, that journey started a long time ago. And in every field that I work in, um, that's something that I'm passionate about. And I want to make sure that I leave a legacy. And so that's where my interest and my passion for diversity and inclusion actually started. Wow, that's awesome. So you, you said it started a long time ago, and was that prior to you um, starting your studies, would you say, or was that once you started, uh, once you entered the collegiate realm where you, you saw some disparities there in terms of people that you encountered or interacted with? Well, it's interesting for me because I think um, – like a lot of um, brown girls, um, particularly in the 90s, um, mm-hmm. it was a, a woman on TV that really sparked my interest. Uh, the show Living Single, Max was an attorney. Mm, and okay. in my Yeah, and in my own personal life, um, I was raised by a single mother, um, and I had never met an attorney, um, mm. a male or female, because okay. it, it, it was just something – that we didn't we didn't interact with the court, and so I've never met mm-hmm. a, an attorney, um, but I was taken aback by Max, and um, that was really the start. And I knew that there weren't a lot of African American attorneys, 
Um, and so I started to try to really educate myself, um, not just about the law, but about um, the history of people of color. And so I read a mm. number of books my senior year of high school and ultimately um, decided that I wanted to attend a historically black college. And so I attended okay. FAMU. Um, and so, again, it just really has taken off from there. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's just a, a personal passion. Um, when I went to law school, it was, again, still very clear after many years that African-Americans were underrepresented in the law, uh, particularly mm-hmm. in law firms. Uh, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, that still um, exists today. It's a challenge um, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, absolutely. I mean, we've had and we do have some extraordinary um, African-American lawyers um, typically African-American lawyers, for a number of reasons, um, tend to have private practices, their own practice mm-hmm. or work in government, mm-hmm. um, because majority environments are not always welcoming, um, very right. challenging. And, um, and so for me, a part of it is because I have the opportunity to be in those environments, um, like I said before, it's important that I not be the only one or mm-hmm. the last one. Um, I, was telling a, I was telling a mentor, uh, a mentee of mine, uh, not too long ago, that being a trailblazer is challenging, that every day um, there's a challenge, and it may look nice on the outside, but you have to have um, the strength and the resilience to be able to endure um, what they throw at you. Um, and exactly. so, again, that's something that, um, we have to overcome uh, in order to have a voice and be at the table at a table that uh, we're not often sitting at. Exactly, you're right. Wow, I think that's a beautiful story and just how you um, were able to look at just a, a TV show and be inspired to to um, do something that that many others may have been inspired to do yet did not, I'll use your word, did not choose to, to blaze a trail for others to to um, come behind them. So I think that's a great thing that you were able to um, see that person and say, hmm, I think that's what I want to do, and just to take the initiative to start educating yourself not only on, on people of color but um, but law as well. So great job on that. Well, thank you. And I think it also illustrates why it's important to have uh, people of color um, in places where mm-hmm. young girls and young, young um, African-American, young people of color um, mm-hmm. look to go. So mm-hmm. whether it's the TV, it's the TV or whether it's uh, the being active in the community or in your church, I think that it's important um, for us as we – um, progress in our lives and in our career to to give back, and a part of that is um, being someone that uh, young people can look up to because you never know who sees you and who exactly. decides that they want to um, emulate um, some of the the traits and characteristics that you have. So I, that's something that is very important to me. Uh, it's a a really big responsibility. Oh, I'm sure. Well, thank you for, for being one that others can look up to and, and, and emulate um, because it does make a difference with, with, um, for someone to say, I know someone, whereas you didn't have that experience of knowing an attorney or not even, you know, have, have, have met an attorney at the time, but yet now um, you've, you've 
allowed yourself to, to be vulnerable and decided to become a mentor to others and, and give them advice and instruct them in ways that maybe some others may not have that available resource. So great job on that. Thank you. Are you able to share? You do have experience um, talking of, of looking up and, and reaching out to others. You, you do have experience lobby, lobbying and advocating for key legislation and public policy reforms um, that's been modeled in the states around the country. Are you at liberty to share some of those? Yes. I, 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 there's one particular uh, area of public policy that um, I have worked in and, and have advocated uh, for, and that is uh, insurance consumers. I mm-hmm. had an opportunity to serve as the insurance consumer advocate for the state of Florida, which is uh, an appointed position by our state chief financial officer. And so in that role, um, it allowed me to essentially be the voice for the insurance buying public. And so that mm. just it means that if anyone who has insurance across any type, any line of insurance, so whether it was health insurance or property and casualty auto insurance, um, I represented um, a class of people before our legislature, um, the governor, our cabinet. And that um, really took me uh, places that um, I, I really know that I wouldn't have had an opportunity to go and to advocate for things that very few people even know about. And so one area is an area um, that's known as surprise um, billing. It's a healthcare uh, phenomena, and many people experience this and Essentially, what happens is you have um, a healthcare scare or emergency, and you go into uh, an emergency room. You think your emergency services are in network, and you find out mm-hmm. that later, after the fact, that it's not. And so you get a surprise medical bill, and you don't know how to handle it or what to do. Uh, it also happens quite a bit uh, in emergency um, transportation. So you may have a person that gets into an automobile accident and they're life lighted, as we um, call it, to a hospital. And after they recover, um, many people are getting bills that are ten, twenty thousand dollars for that. Wow! Um, wow! Yes, yes for that life light. Um, and again, you don't have an. You can't say, you know, here's my insurance card. Are you exactly. in that work or how much is this going to cost me? And so I've traveled uh, across the country um, discussing this issue with um, lawmakers, health insurance companies, all types of stakeholders to make significant changes um, Mm -hmm. in this area. And in Florida, we were able to really be a trailblazer um, and get significant legislation to do away with um, this phenomenon of surprise medical bills. Now it's illegal to wow. um, bill a consumer in Florida for a surprise medical bill. So we're still really? working on the air ambulance issue, yes, but mm-hmm. now um, that issue has to be worked out between the doctor and the insurance company, and the, mm. the consumer is taken out of it. And so that has really taken off um, across the country, and actually now um, Congress is even uh, considering legislation that would make it illegal across the country. And so that one um, is one that I'm really excited about because it's Definitely. It will, I can see why. That's huge. 
Yes, yes, and the, it has a tremendous impact. And so that's um, one of the things that you mentioned um, at the top of the show that really stuck out to me, and that is if you work in an area that you are passionate about, the money will come. Um, and mm-hmm. so, again, for me, it's about having impact and mm-hmm. working in an area where um, you're able to impact other people in a positive way. Insurance and law are often seen as, you know, financial services and the law. People have assumptions about what that means in terms of mm-hmm. um, how lucrative it is. But not only um, are those areas lucrative, they're also very impactful and they have meaning um, and they they help um, individual people, not just um, a company's bottom line. And so that really, that motivates me. Um, that's awesome. And that's great. Yeah. I also think, you know, as you mentioned, uh, the law and just the medical aspect of things and and, and um, people in those service areas, most, most often those areas can be viewed negatively as opposed to positively in a yeah. positive light and, and being one of, of service and helping. Like you said, I think people think it's, oh, it's just all about the bottom line, but it is a service, and um, I think it's a service of the heart. Absolutely. So thank you for being that that trailblazer and and setting the setting the standards at least for Florida and hopefully many more states to come. Yes, I, I hope That's so as well. I continue to advocate <laughs> um, for that and and hope that others across the country will continue to do the same. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Well, we're going to get ready to go into a break, but just before we do. You are. Um, you've talked about things that you've been a part of, just more specifically with the insurance um, on the insurance commissioner in that realm of, of representing individuals, uh, just a class of people with supplies billing and things like that. But you've also been um, invited to present the National Governors Association, the National Association of Insurance Commission, Commissioners, as you've mentioned, as well as the U.S. House of Representatives uh, Subcommittee on Health, Employment, Labor, and Pensions. How were those experiences for you? Did you find those to be enjoyable? Was that something where it was also an underrepresented area for uh, women of color? Or at both. Um, they were enjoyable experiences for me. Um, and and I would say, almost, I, I, I would want to say, as always, which is um, common for me, um, I in, in most of those situations, I was the only African-American, particularly African-American woman. Um, mm-hmm. But the experiences were enjoyable, and it was, again, the fact that I had the opportunity to speak for um, what are often considered voiceless um, people in venues mm-hmm. where their voices aren't um, heard very often. So again, the National Governors Association and National Association of Insurance Commissioners were platforms that uh, were tremendous platforms to deliver uh, the messages that I wanted to deliver, but to also show that women of color um, are, we're involved in these areas, in the law, Mm -hmm. in financial services, in insurance, and, and we do make a difference. So I appreciated those opportunities and the opportunities that I continue to receive um, for those two reasons, um, but the ability to have that platform and to show that we, we are here and we have a voice is very important to me. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. With that, we're going to go into our first break.
Welcome back to the show, Beauty is More Than Skin Deep, with your host, Dana Renee. Today's guest is Sharon James, and our topic is a labor of law and love. Sharon has nearly two decades of experience providing forward-thinking, strategic, and regulatory advice to clients on a number of business and economic matters. She's also a prolific writer and speaker advocating for diversity and inclusion in the field of law and insurance. Welcome back, Sharon. Thank you, Dana Renee. Glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. So just before our break, you were talking about just being a voice for those who pretty much are are voiceless. And um, what gives you such a passion to to do so, to advocate and represent those people that that don't have a voice, so to speak? You know, it's interesting. My career has um, taken somewhat of a, a turn. I spent about a decade as an insurance advocate uh, and a mm-hmm. consumer advocate, uh, an insurance regulator. And so in the last year and a half, um, I left state government and am now in private practice, a partner at a law firm where mm-hmm. I represent uh, health insurance uh, companies and healthcare providers in dealing disputes that they have with one another and also before um, the state and federal governments. And so I think my my passion for uh, my passion as an advocate brings a unique perspective to those clients. Um, mm-hmm. As I mentioned before, you know, oftentimes people see insurance and financial services and healthcare for um, people see the lucrative side of it. But mm-hmm. for me, I I come to the table um, as my full self. And so when right. I advise clients now, I still um, advise them in a way um, that brings heart. And I think that uh, in this day and age especially, that's something that's unique and something that um, women especially shouldn't shy away from because it's, it's needed in, in leadership and it's needed in public mm-hmm. policy, it's needed in politics, um, and it's needed in the boardroom. And so, again, I, because I take my passion to work with me, even when I'm dealing with issues that aren't as um, interesting or uh, impactful, I I still bring my whole self, and I think that that's Mm -hmm. important. That is important. I think that's a beautiful thing. And as you mentioned, I think there are uh, several women that may shy away because they don't want to be viewed in whatever that that light is. And um, as a, you know, maybe it may be fear of of being accepted or fear of whatever the case may be. But I, I appreciate you um, just bringing your whole self into whatever platform you're able to um, to share, um, and just and just being real. I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think um, even as you bring your your whole self, um, others, as you mentioned, are watching. And that may inspire someone else to say, hmm, if she can do it, so can I. Yes. That's great. That's great. So outside of the um, the um, law office, you also have a, a blog on law and leadership. Um, and with that, you're making the business case for increasing the role of women in African American in leadership. And as we talked about, that, that is an, an underrepresented area. Um, and why do, you, why do you feel it's such an underrepresented area, and why did you decide to start a blog on, on such? Well, there, 
There are a lot of opportunities for women um, in a, a number of areas, and, and the, my areas of focus, um, law and insurance, I, I, it was very apparent, um, as I mentioned mm-hmm. before, that women weren't present. Um, interestingly, mm-hmm. when I was appointed um, to the role of insurance consumer advocate for the state of Florida, um, one of the first things I did was I wanted to to look for like-minded people that would help me um, advocate for the issues that were important to consumers. And so mm-hmm. I went looking for African Americans in insurance to uh, collaborate with, to get the word out, outreach, et cetera. And so I Googled African American Insurance Professionals Florida, and I ran across an organization, the National African American Insurance Association, um, which is a national organization of African Americans in insurance, and found that they didn't have a chapter in Florida, that mm. um, there, there wasn't um, a, a formal organization or group that I could go to. And so I, got, I really got involved in that organization, uh, founded the chapter in Florida, and became involved in advancing the mission uh, of the National African American Insurance Association across the country. Um, mm-hmm. And it became even more apparent that it wasn't just a, uh, an issue of women being underrepresented, but African Americans um, across the insurance industry were few and far between. Um, we were oh, wow. spread out um, all over. And the reality is um, African Americans are a um, really large and important um, block of consumers for insurance. And, mm. and we have been for a long time. Um, many people uh, in the African American community are familiar with what we call the insurance man, uh, someone who would um, go to your parents' or grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Um, I remember that. Were, My dad was Yes. <laughs> oh, I, great. And, yes. And he would show up and he was, you know, uh, he was a part of the community like, mm-hmm. you know, your pastor. The, when the insurance mm-hmm. man showed up, you know, you put on your best and uh, exactly. he collected the premium and the hope mm-hmm. was that, your parents or grandparents would be covered. Um, that's what insurance is for. And so we have um, a really long um, and beautiful history um, within the industry. Uh, but as the years have progressed, we have not been uh, at the highest of heights um, within the within companies. And so, mm-hmm. um, again, for me, when I, when I became a part of the insurance industry and saw that and when – I really connected that with my own personal experience with um, the insurance agent that would visit my grandparents' home. Um, mm-hmm. It was it just became another uh, point of passion for me, and so mm. it's is there's definitely a need and, and there's great opportunity in insurance, and so um, I'm committed to not only diversifying the insurance industry now, but helping to create a pipeline for students um, that haven't been exposed to the industry um, for them to get involved. So that's that's really um, been a part of the platform that led to the blog on law and leadership um, because mm-hmm. those are the two areas where um, I feel, as I said before, that I have the greatest impact in the law. 
and in helping to um, build, develop, and build and nurture um, leaders across um, a variety of different industries. That's great. Awesome. I, I, I find it interesting, and it's one of those that, you know, kind of made me, made me think as you were talking about that, uh, that we are one of the largest consumers, yet um, when it comes to insurance, um, there's, there's a need as well as an opportunity. It makes me think, why, why aren't more uh, people of color plugged into that? And do you think it's because, it's because they just don't see it? Like it's one of those out of sight, out of mind, they don't think about it? It is. Or, it, hmm. it is. It's definitely it's an out of sight, out of mind. We say, you know, as, as a part of kind of my group of folks that work in this area, we say very candidly that insurance is not sexy. It's not something that, you know, people just just think of when you go to college and you want to start your career. But the great thing is that it's very entrepreneurial and that it is it's a recession-proof industry. And so we have a responsibility to get the word out and expose um, individuals to what insurance has to offer. The interesting, Another interesting thing that's happening is that as an industry, people are aging out. Um, mm. Most of the, a lot of people in the insurance industry are older uh, and are retiring, and so there's a brain drain that's happening. And so, for us, a, a part of the solution is why don't you fill um, that brain drain with people of color who are mm-hmm. ready, willing, and able to. Um, you know, take on leadership roles and and carry the industry forward. So, yeah, I think we have a responsibility to 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 share just how great of an opportunity it is. But insurance isn't sexy, and it's not something that you know people think of. Most of us that are involved in insurance didn't, you know, start out. Most people don't major in risk management or start out right. thinking exactly. that this is what they want to do. It's mm-hmm. something that you kind of you know, take on along the way, and whether it's an adjuster or an agent or a broker um, or working for one of the major carriers, it's, 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 it's opportunity. The risk will always be there, and so the insurance product will always be there. Which is great. And I think, given, especially given our current times, you know, you mentioned it being a recession-proof industry, um, and I think that's something that people are looking for now. So it's definitely yes. something to be considered. Something to be considered. Yes, absolutely. So that's awesome. Um, as you mentioned, being looking for like-minded uh, women and and um, in your search for uh, associations there in the Florida area, and you found out there were more. Uh, there was it was there was a need, and, and that was lacking there in the Florida area. Um, did you also find that there were just more women like you that were looking for uh, someone to just take the take the bull by the horn, so to speak, and to, and to start it up? Were there other women looking for an association but just afraid to, to start the association when it came to the uh, insurance association there in Florida? Um, so there were other people in the state well before me that were a part of the national organization, mm-hmm. but I think it really took, um, it, it took innovative thinking and a lot mm-hmm. of hard work to pull it together and to Mm -hmm. bring the right people to the table at the right time to make it happen. Um, The other great thing about 
organizations like uh, the National African American Insurance Association is that when you become a part of organizations like that, you become a part of a really supportive network. And so I am uh, closely aligned with um, people all over the country, um, have made some great friends. Um, one, there's a, a, a thriving chapter in Atlanta. Uh, the president, Rebecca Ratliff, uh, is a great friend. Um, there's a chapter in Hartford, Connecticut, a woman by the name of Ngozi Naji is the president there. And the three of us actually have come together and formed uh, a program called HBCU Impact. And, mm. again, we're just three women who uh, are passionate about diversifying the insurance industry, and we've come together to um, take our message on the road to historically black colleges and universities across the country. Um, we've gone awesome. to Florida A&M University, Bethune-Cookman, Morehouse. Um, we were uh, slated to go to North Carolina Central and Savannah State. We've been there. And so once you become a part of a supportive network like that and you meet like-minded people and like-minded women, um, really the sky is the limit. And that was something mm-hmm. I believed, um, but I've seen it in action um, through this, the or- this organization um, and others like it. That's great. That is a beautiful thing. Well, best of luck to you, and thank you thank for being you. that innovative thinker and putting in the hard work to to not only uh, be a voice for the voiceless and to um, be a trailblazer, but also reaching out to, to um, help those who, who may be looking to go into that same area or profession. So thank you so much for that. I really think that's a beautiful thing. Are there any closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? No, I'd just like to thank you for the opportunity to share with your listeners and to uh, share my thoughts and and ideas and my journey. Um, It has been a beautiful journey, and I look forward to um, the the years and months to come. And if there's any way that I can be of assistance to you, I would like to do so, you and your listeners. So please feel free to reach out to me. Awesome. Thank you. So for our listeners, maybe someone's listening and they are part or somehow connected to an HBCU and want to get uh, you connected with with their people, how can they go about doing that? The best way is through social media. I can be uh, reached on LinkedIn. uh, If you search for Sharon James or on Instagram, I am dot S James or also Facebook, Sharon James. So um, feel free to reach out to me. I look forward to connecting. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sharon, for being my guest today. And you've heard it from her to stay connected with her. You can follow her on social media. And um, you can also follow me on Twitter at TWeek01. Remember, beauty is more than skin deep. It's truly in the eye of the beholder.